0: Every Christian is going to have to make that declaration. If I have to stand alone, I will stand. That's going to be very difficult for those who have not had a walk of faith as of yet. It's hard to get in shape in the middle of the game. You're going to be just in bad shape. We've had ample time to get in shape. We've been in training for a while, haven't we? We've been told over and over again that this time would come. And so it's no surprise that it's here. What you did in training camp, what you did in boot camp, will now show. Amen? There was a famous boxer that said that the, the battle, the, the fight is not won in the ring. It's won at 5 in the morning when no one's watching you run, when no one is in the gym working out with you. That's when the fight is won. So we're going to find out who was up, who got in shape, took this seriously. And we pray that we all did. You know, it's good to take a stand against the wrongs. It's great to stand against the wrongs that have been perpetuated upon a people. It's a good thing to say we will not sit idly by and allow abuse to continue anymore. Be encouraged by those who are doing that. Everybody won't do it. Some people are what's called bystanders. They'll just watch and see what happens. You know, it reminds me of Elijah and, and, and all those when he was fighting against the prophets of Baal. And he came up to the, the children of Israel and said, If God be God, uh, believe in him. If Baal be Baal, believe in him. And, and, and the next sentence was, And the people answered him, Not a word. I, had, I would have a word for them if they were alive today. I'm not sure God would allow me to use that word up here. But what they were were soft, indecisive weaklings. They wouldn't stand on anybody's side. I don't want anybody around me like that. I don't want to be in a foxhole with somebody who's going to run or somebody who is actually going to stab me. Uh, they're going to sell me out so they can have some safety for a moment. This is not that time now. Amen? If you want to be a bystander, if you want to stand on the sideline, go ahead and stand on the sideline, but there's a war happening. And we're going to need some help because what we are fighting is more than we can handle. What we are fighting is not man-made. The origin comes from another realm. If you turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 3, this isn't the first time that it was time to war. It wasn't the, this is not the first time it was time to stand. It was not the first time that we needed some help because a few people have got into their hearts that we're going to stand for the right. And thank God for that. I enjoy to see uh, young people who stand. I watched the people, you know, uh, on the, for the last couple of weeks. They've been out marching. I remember those days. They're out, they're out trying to make a difference. And the only thing that hurts me is that there's nobody out there telling them what the war is really all about. The preachers are trying to organize people to make sure they don't get out of hand, instead of telling them what this war is about. We want to equip everyone who wants to fight the battle with what the proper weapons. The understanding about what we're fighting and the understanding about who's fighting with us. Yes. Yeah. Who is going to take the 60 cities? We read that this morning, so y'all went in Sabbath school. Don't, don't, don't freak out. There were 60 cities that they took over to, with Og. People are going to be watching this. They're planning on a revolution. Yeah. Here we are. I'm sorry. Yes, I am. I'm not speaking for y'all. It's time for this now. But it's time to understand where we are who the enemy is and how we're going to fight. But if you're not going to fight, stand on the sideline. You don't need an untrained soldier out here trying to fight. Be like at boot camp and and, and somebody don't know how to put the the, the bullets in the gun. And they they, oh, I forgot, and they shot in the air and killed somebody. We need to be trained now. And we need to be trained by the master general. Exodus chapter 3. See, God has been listening. He's he's heard the cries of the people. In Exodus 3, in verse 9, he says, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. So don't ever believe God is not listening. Don't believe God left somewhere. He is not an absentee father. He's listened. He's heard. And he's waiting for somebody to call him instead of calling whatever organization you want to march with. He said, I want you to call me because, yes, we're going to win this battle. Verse 10 says, Come now, therefore, he was talking to Moses, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt, This is the call this morning. we got to come out of Egypt. Egypt is a mindset. This particular city we live in is named after a city in Egypt. So don't you think it has that mindset of Egypt? The plantation mindset. And it's given most people the slave mindset. Well, it's time to come off the plantation, especially in our minds. We will no longer be slaves to our own ignorance. We won't be persecuted because we have chosen the wrong side. We're going to choose the side of the Lord. Amen? And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee. This is what we're looking for. Before you go out to conquer, before you go out to battle, before you go out to protest, you ask God, are you going to be with me? And if he says, I will be with you, I want you to go out with the, the confidence of Caleb and Joshua. Go out and stand against the giants if God told you, I will be with thee. Amen? He said, when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon the mountain." No, I'm sorry, I missed something. He said, Certainly I will be with thee, and and this shall be a token unto thee, that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. See, this is more than just the brutality. This is more than just injustice. This is about getting back on track and serving the Lord. The reason we're in this position is because we have forgotten. We had stopped serving the Lord. Because believe me, when you serve the Lord, you got power. When you serve the Lord, you don't get oppressed. You get victory. And so if you find and we find ourselves being oppressed, it's time for us to serve the Lord. And he said, I'm going to help you because the end of this help is going to you going to serve me. Yeah. See, because it's, what's the point of, of, of escaping Egypt? What's the point of, of, of being able to change rules and regulations if you're going to go back and be the same person you were that got you in the position you were before? I'm going to save, you know, uh, I'm going to give you some herbs to help your liver so you can go back and be an alcoholic. That's not God. God says, I'm going to save you for a higher purpose. I want you to come up higher. I want you to do things that's going to keep you higher. Is that true? Let's go down to verse 13. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, what shall... Say unto what and what shall what I'm sorry and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers have sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. One of the most powerful statements ever uttered in a language. I am that I am. Let that sink in just a moment. I am that I am I have always been I am presently and I will always be and everything that exists is because of me that's what I am that I am means now what bigger name do you got Hmm. so when you go tell those who want to know who told you to do this you should be able to say I am that I am told you want to blow people's mind? Say that. <laughs> Thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent un- me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob have sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial unto all generations. So this is our general. We take our commands from him. He says, I came to set the captives free. Well, the one who said that said this. And so we're going to follow him in this fight. Amen? We're going to do what he asks us to do when he asks us to do it. We're not going to fight for a loser anymore. We're not going to be deceived by the fake general, the fake lieutenant, the fake colonel, those who are saying, yes, we're fighting against the enemy, but they get paid from the enemy. We had words for them, too, but we can't say up here. People come in, in sheep's clothing. I think back on the Civil Rights Movement of the 60s, and there were a lot of them. Find out who's financing the war, and you'll find out who, who's behind it. Doesn't really matter what they say doesn't matter what the organization's logo is or their, or, their, or their mantra, you know, freedom for everyone. If the devil is financing it, it's a game. That's why you've got to have one general, and this, and this is he that we need to have. Amen. You have to get your orders from the I am. Yeah. That means you've got to stay in prayer. That means you've got to walk in the way yeah. because you want to make sure you're walking with him in everything that you do. And let me tell you this before we go on, this battle begins at your house. Don't go out in the street and you raggedy at the house. I said that then, I apologize. Because we're gonna need a power that requires an orderly home. A power that requires a mindset that doesn't need inebriance to fight the battles. We're going to need something greater than us. See, to make a difference, to fight this battle, it is going to take an intelligence. It takes a power that is not of this earth, and it is going to take a change in us for us to be on the winning side. The Almighty is, delivering, is a delivering God, and, he, and, and I want you to know something. He has experience in delivering. Go to Exodus if you want. Let's stay in Exodus, Exodus chapter 15. He's got experience, and you should have utmost confidence in him. He's done it a few times. We think people of today, they have all these weapons and they have all these tracking devices. Let me tell you something. God is still God. He was the first one who had a tracking device. He knew where to find Adam, didn't he? God knew where you were before there was a GPS. You didn't have to have a cell phone, did you? He was better than grandmama. You thought grandmama knew where you were. God knew where you were all the time, and he still does. And that's what's our advantage. God knows where we are. And because he knows where we are, then he knows how to help us. But he's he's been in battle before. Exodus chapter 15, we'll begin in verse 3. The Lord is a man of war. Is that all right with y'all? See, we got this picture that we've been believing that that, that we had on our walls for generations. You know, the little blonde head, blue eyed dude. He looked like he belongs at a hair salon. We have that mindset that that is God. The Lord is a man of war, He came to fight. He sent his son to die so we could fight. We're fighting a battle, but we got to know what battle is. But he said, I am a man of war. So are we confident to stand behind him? Yeah. The Lord is his name. And then he gave an example. He said, Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captives also have drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. And what? What? They sank unto the bottom as a stone. Now, you haven't seen that before. Pharaoh, Egypt, the mightiest men in Egypt, the armies of Egypt, hadn't seen that before either. They followed Israel thinking Israel was but men, but Israel is the, are the children of God. And what happened? Thy right hand of the Lord, is become glorious in power. The right hand, O God, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. Now, I know God is a God of mercy. He is. He's a God of long suffering and peace. But I want to tell you something. Come against his son and see what happens. See, I don't believe y'all are the sons of God yet. That's why you walk around here shaking. Come against his family and see what happens. Did Pharaoh find out what happens when you come against his firstborn? He said he dashed him in pieces. Read David's, some, some of David's writings and songs. David was asking for some, <laughs> some, some dashing to happen. Let me live and see the, 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 my enemies, I mean, step on their head, and I mean all kind of stuff, just read it. There's a time of peace and there's a time of war. But let him fight the battle. Verse 7 says, In the greatness of Thine excellency, Thou hast overthrown them that rose up against Thee. Thou sentest forth Thy wrath, which consumeth them as stubble. And with the blast of Thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood up, upright as a heap, and the depths were what congealed in the heart of the sea. Now, let's say you walked out on a, on a protest downtown Memphis and you got to the banks of the Mississippi River and the nostrils of God, blue, and you walked across to West Memphis on dry land. Would you get some attention? Riot gear can't do anything with that. That's how your, your God fights. He said, these are mine. They're standing for me under my direction for my purpose. Don't get in the way. Amen? Amen. So the issue is not God. It's not his power. It's not a problem with his willingness. It's not his inability to hear. It's his soldiers that have a problem. We need to get with God. Amen? Verse 9 said, the enemy said, I will pursue. Let him. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lusts shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Then something happened. Thou didst blow with thy wind. Think about that. God can send a, a hurricane. He just blew with his wind. You know, I mean, this is the, the, the magnificence of your God but we have to line up with him. Amen? He said, Who is like unto thee, O Lord among gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness and fearful in praises, doing wonders? If we're going to go to war, we're going to war to win. And this is the winning side. See, God can handle the battle. The issue is not with God's abilities. We as a people must come into a holy alliance with God with the creator if we want some help from above we got in our minds we want it's time to fight well we need some help from above so we need to come into a holy alliance with him amen Amen. stay in Exodus 30 go to 32 Mm, mm, mm. this question is being asked in your ears this morning and only you can answer this question Mm. and so only you know the answer that you gave amen amen But in Exodus chapter 32, in verse 26, it says, Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. So the question, who's on the Lord's side? Don't worry about what side anybody else is on. Who's on the Lord's side? And that's a question you got to ask. Who's on the Lord's side? Now, we know the Levites went over there, right? If you read a little further down, it was some slaughter going on because the general said, all of them, get rid of them. And guess what happened? They were all gone. See, we're afraid of, of knives and guns and all. Let the general speak and do what the general said. We're not out here trying to burn nothing down. We're not trying to destroy anything. We're trying to do what God asked us to do. And God said, I need my free people to be free. Amen. Amen? Stop asking God to be on our side and begin to be on his side. That's a problem. Oh, I've seen it. Oh, Lord, be on our side as we go. Stop asking God to be on your side and start, start asking God, let us be on his side. Because that's the safe side. We talked about this morning. Stop trying to stamp God's name on your foolishness. Well, God, we, we gather, and these people wrong, and we're going to go. God said, did I tell you to go? Then he, he talked about, uh, was it Ammon? He talked about this morning. He said, don't bother them. Now, they were wicked and evil and terrible, but he said, don't bother them the first time they talked. He said, ask them if you could, you could walk past God was trying to give them one more shot. And then when they refused to let the people of God walk, God says, go get them. (laughs) But see, if they would have went to get them before the command, they would have been destroyed. So be prayerful about what you put on God and what your feelings want to do, and then you want God to bless your feelings. This This is a battle, people. Do what the general says. Amen? Go to 2 Corinthians, if you would. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We should already know the nature of our warfare. Sometimes we forget. But it's beautiful, the nature of our warfare, because we know where the power comes from. Amen? Amen. Now, we're not out here trying to throw hands. How many hands you got? Everybody in here has got two hands. What happens if you meet 10 people? They got 20 hands. You got two, unless you're Bruce Lee, you're in trouble. <laughs> but God is God, amen? amen. I saw one where, a place in this Bible that not one soldier had to lift one sword and they won. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. 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 He told Elisha, Elisha asked God to open up the eyes of the young man. He said, how are we gonna do? It's two of us and there's a boatload of them. <laughs> He said, open that boy's eyes. The Lord opened his eyes. He said, oh, <laughs> chariots of fire. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> angels. Oh, I, I didn't see them. Uh, because that's where the war is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not, what? Yeah, we don't war after the flesh. He didn't say we wouldn't be fleshly sometimes having a war. He just said we don't war after the flesh. We're not trying to attack the flesh. We're not trying to defeat the flesh. It's more than the flesh that we're fighting. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There's not a government that can't be pulled down by the power of God. There's not an organization, a department that can't be pulled down by the strength of God. Amen? But more importantly, let's go to verse 5. It says, casting down imagination." and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You can't fight this being disobedient. You don't get the power through a disobedience. Amen? He said the strongholds that have to be torn down first are in us. Our imaginations must be disciplined yeah. in the knowledge of God, Amen. Yeah. And everything in your life that exalted itself above the knowledge of God needs to be getting rid of. Yeah. Everything. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but it's true. I'm in to win it. I'm too. I'm too too far down the road. To 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 oh well, I'm gonna half do this. I've been on this earth more than half a century. I know that's not old to some people, but some people, I'm an old man. But I've been in it too long. Why are you playing? I can't play anymore. He requires these things. So my job is to say yay and amen, and he'll give me the strength to do them. I try to encourage you all to understand that it's an all-in kind of deal. Christ, you know, you ever heard the, the, the term "blood in and blood out"? Christ put the blood in, so you could get out. Amen. So take the blood. Hmm. I've never heard that before. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Hmm. If you want to fight, fight to win, y'all. If you want a revolution, revolt against the power that is keeping you from winning. Revolt against the power that is separating you from the absolute power of God. Revolt against that first. You want a revolution. Yes, but we got to beat the enemy. We're, the, the Revolutionary War, that's the first time you heard that word when you were probably growing up. Revolutionary War. What happened? Who, was, who fought the Revolutionary War? Oh, Lord. They don't teach nothing in school anymore. Okay, it was the cowboys and the Indians, um, the 13 colonies, fought against the British colony, or, the, or England, we should say. Now, the truth about the Revolutionary War was this, there were some rich landowners in America who were tired of paying taxes to the King of England, okay? They said, we are making our own way. We got our own slaves. We got our own businesses. We're tired of sending money over to you, and you're not doing anything for us. That's the Revolutionary War they didn't teach you about. Oh, no, we want our freedom. We want liberty. They wanted liberty to keep their money. Any history students? Was that? They didn't put that in the book, did they? It, it was about freedom democracy. No, it wasn't. It was about, I want to keep my money and I want to run my own land. But we got another revolution coming. I remember back in the 70s, there was a a song that said the revolution would not be televised. This one will be. Why? Because we are going to revolt against evil. We're going to stand and watch the nostrils of God blow them down. Anybody with me? We just gonna sit on the sidelines. Turn your cable on. Maybe it's on Netflix. We got to get out here and we got to fight. Amen? But we got to fight the real battle. Go to Romans 12. Go to Romans 12. Romans 12. See, there's a method of fighting this battle. A real method. A proven method. A method that will always win. A method from the general himself. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 21. We've got to be very prayerful about this one. Because you get in a battle, you'll get angry. And you'll start doing something that they're doing. But he said here in verse 21 of Romans chapter 12, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with what? Now, good is more than what you think it is. Good is power. We just don't believe that. See, we think of good as, oh, we're just going to, we're going to pat our enemy on the head, and it's okay. Good is God. And I just read God as a man of war. So don't use that excuse. I, can't, I don't want to be with God because, you know, God just say lay down. God said, be at peace until I tell you there is no time for peace. And we just saw there were some times where there was no peace to be found. So what should we do? Be prepared for whatever God wants us to do. But he says always good is going to trump evil. So why are you going to fight evil with evil? The only thing that can beat evil is good. And the only thing that's good is God. If we habitually practice evil, we won't be able to win. I don't know why we can't do, we can't, Stop practicing evil. When evil is harbored in our hearts, we walk contrary to God's will. We won't make a difference. All we'll do is add sin to sin, and then they win. We make their army stronger. The army you're trying to fight, we're we're strengthening them because we're habitually doing the exact opposite of our general. The battle begins with us in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, in our habits. Who is on the Lord's side? Those who walk in his way. The question this morning, again, who is on the Lord's side? The great day of the Lord is coming, y'all. The judgment against all evil is almost here, and he wants us to ha- He wants to have an army ready to fight. Are you that army today? No, I'm going to stand on the sideline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord has given us the army, and He's given us an army that has some marching orders. Yeah. I've never been in the military in the sense I never fought for a country of this earth. But I've been a soldier a long time yeah, yeah, yeah. in a war that has n- very little to do with this earth. Yeah. But here I, we got marching orders, y'all. Micah chapter 6. Micah, the book of Micah, not you, Micah. The book of Micah chapter 6. Marching orders. And those who've been in the military... I think we'll understand what we're talking about. When you're out there on the battlefield, what's the main goal? Win. Come back alive. <laughs> Beat them. Amen? We ain't trying to join them. I don't maybe maybe that maybe that's what y'all did out there. I don't know. But Israel used to go to battle, defeat, and then join them. Doesn't that sound a little weird? Well, if you join them, why do you fight them in the first place? But we're here not to go backwards, y'all. Micah chapter 6 8 says, He has showed thee, O man, what is good. What doth the Lord require of thee? But to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. If you want to win, walk in this victorious way. Walk humbly with God. When you think of humble, what do you think of? Some little sad, you know, yes, sir, master boss. Was Moses a yes, sir, master boss? Okay, okay, let me find another analogy. I'm losing you. Was Moses weak? Did he lay down in front of the enemy? Christ said he was the most humble man on earth. He was the most meek man on earth. That's humility. When you want to find what humility is, look at Moses. Look at Jesus. When it was time to stand, what did Jesus do? He walked in and said, devil, get out of him. And the devil said, yes, sir, and he left. Does that sound like weakness? Yeah. So stop being, thinking humility is weakness. It's the ultimate in strength. That's why he said walk humbly with God. Walk strong with God. Amen? Brothers, it starts with you. 2 Timothy. It starts with you. Why? Adam was first form and then Eve. It starts with you. You can try to get around that, but you can't change history. Adam was first formed, then Eve. When the household was messed up, the Lord walked through the cool of the day. Did he say, Eve, where you at? He said, Adam, where art thou? I left you here. Where are you? So, men, if we're going to win this, it starts with you. Amen? Because we got a problem with men. I'm going to use our, what, what, what the problem is with men. Y'all are you ready? 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's going to hurt, y'all. Brothers, you got your shoes on. Steel toe, I hope. Verse 2 of 2 Timothy 3 says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fears, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And he said, from such do what? Turn away. That's us. That's the problem. You might not like it, but you can't deny it. If we can get past this, our families will be saved. Brothers, if we get past this, our children will be saved. If we get past this, the war will be won through us. Are we all right with that? Men, there must be a change in the culture, in your life and in your homes. See, this battle cannot be fought by mama boys. Mama Mama boys can't fight this battle. You got to be a man. You got to stop making excuses. You got to stop blaming other people. You got to stop saying, well, it's hard. Yeah. And? God needs men. Strong men not violent men, not unreasonable men, but men who are set on doing what's right in God's eyes. And he'll give you the power to do so, and the power that comes with being set in him. Don't blame a soul but us. If we're going to lead, we've got to be children of the Most High. The pleasures have to... Let's see, when he says lover of pleasure is more than love of God, he's not talking about good things that please, okay? Because God does, you know, you can have fun, you can be happy, but the pleasures of this world are causing you to miss God. The things that we've been trained to like, you know, do things that we want to do all the time. Nobody's done that before, have they? I'm going to give you an example, okay? Because I'm losing you again. Men, you come home from work, what's the first thing you need to do? Take your shoes off. (laughs) First thing you walk, before you get to the house, you bow your head and say, Lord, let me leave the demons that have attached themselves upon me today out on this front porch so I can come in and bring happiness and joy to my family. Do that, this is not metaphor, do that and see what happens. Then your spirit changes, because you're not coming here mad at the boss. Mm -hmm. Man, yeah baby, what's up? Man, this is just, what about her day? She could be just coming in from work, or she could've been home all day, dealing with your children. Let me tell y'all, dealing with children Y'all are saints. Mm -hmm. But whatever it is, you come in with the power of God on you. And so if there is issues in the house, the issues have to leave because the power of God just walked in the room. Do you see what a man is? We can't be coming home, baby, I just need you to hold my hand. There's time for that. There's nothing wrong with that, is it? For your wife to comfort you. But every day is not it. Where's your comfort for her? You think she could have had a bad day? She could have had a bad moment. But guess what? When you walk in, she should be looking at the person that's going to make it all right. There's got to be a change in the culture that we live in, brothers. We need to be unselfish, we need to be unflinching, we need to be sober. We need to be true to the cause, amen? Amen. If you don't know how to be a man, find one and learn, amen? Amen. I found a man, his name was Christ Jesus. Uh He taught me how to be one. Uh I read in Ephesians, it says, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You want to be a man, be that kind of man, amen? I can't give, (laughs) see, we've been taught men ought to dominate women. And what's so funny about the Elenias? men don't dominate women. Women know that, too. They'll let you think that. But in the house of Israel, the nation of the Most High, we're a different kind of man. No, we're not weak. We're meek, which is strong. Amen? Proverbs 31. Sisters, we need more Abigail's and less divas. I ain't hearing a sister say amen yet. Less, I mean, more Abigails and less divas. If you want, boy, I wish y'all would look up the, the, where diva came from, and you, you would stop that. Whew, y'all would stop that. Mm. But we need more Abigails. We, we know, we're familiar with Abigail, aren't we? You're talking about the definition of a strong woman, Abigail. She was not weak. She couldn't have been weak. She couldn't have been a a doormat, could she? She was strong, capable, smart, understood things, how to get things done, a manager, an organizer, a savior of the family. You think that's weak? And you know what? She didn't have to say all that either. (laughs) She didn't get on Facebook to say, I'm a strong, independent woman. (laughs) She didn't have to. She was, and she wasn't independent. She was obedient to God. Her husband was a nut. His name meant foolish. His name actually meant foolishness. Anybody named Nabal? Good. <laughs> we need more Abigail's sisters if this nation is going to be free. If we're going to fight and win, we need more Abigail's. We need more Proverbs 31, sisters. Amen. You don't mind if I read a little bit about the sisters we need? Proverbs 31. Let's start at verse 10. It says, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have what? No need of... He... She is so wonderful. He is never, ever looking for no one else to talk to. He has no need for spoil. He's got a magnificent Abigail at home. Let me tell you something, sisters. I'm going to tell you something, and, and, and I got hands, too. If you're Abigail, he'll run home. He'll make excuses about everybody else. I I, I, I got something to do. I, I, he'll run home. Like I don't care you believe it. It's the truth. He'll run home. He'll be mad when he has to leave. You remember in the 70s, those songs that used to talk about that? They don't have them songs anymore. Cuz there's no Abigails. It's a bunch of nabals. Oh, Lord, if we would just do what he says. Verse 12 says, she will do him what? Who? And not evil? Not every day. All the days of her life. (laughs) See, all your sisters were happy when I was talking about the brothers, didn't you? Y'all quiet as church mice right now. This is real, y'all. You want your house fixed, here it is. Brothers, when you stop being selfish and mama's boys, your house will fall in place. Sisters, when you stop trying not to be this, things things will be good. But they need to know, no, they don't. When you have to say that, Whatever you're saying is not needing to be known by anybody. Matter of fact, you need to stop knowing it. Amen. I know it's hard, but we're at war. I'm going to sit there and let y'all kill y'all I'm going to let y'all get slaughtered? No. to 17, she girded her loins with, sh- what? Strength. And strengthened her arms? Oh, so she's not weak, huh? She's not a doormat, is she? She doesn't get kicked around every day, does she? But she's strong, and she's strong in the Lord. Amen? She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Oh, she's got some business sense. Oh, I thought women were supposed to be stupid. <laughs> this lady is smart. She knows how to handle things. Amen? Amen. This is why in your Ab- when you're Abigail, your husbands will run home. And what else? Her candle goeth not out by night. She always has something prepared. She, she, she's ahead of the game, okay? And, and she, lay, she layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. This woman knows how to do things, and she's not lazy. Come on. Jasmine over here smiling. Thank you, Jasmine. I know Sister Shaw laughing, but uh, I, I, <laughs> she stretches out her hand to the poor. You see where her heart is? Yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. You know what's interesting about that? Her household is so tight, she's got enough to give. And got a mindset to give. She's not buying the $500 purse. She's buying a $25 purse, putting $475 in there and going to help people with it. But shall you want us people? No, I don't want you to be poor. I want you to be so rich you can give. And this sister had the mindset to be rich. If you read about her, she wasn't raggedy. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Verse twenty-one says she's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with what scarlet, a symbol for royalty and riches. (laughs) <laughs> Let's keep going. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Purple, another great symbol of royalty. Hard to come by back then. But she's got it. Silk. Anybody got a silk outfit? Did you, you didn't buy that at Dollar Store, did you? Silk is, is, is nice, isn't it? Costs a little taste. Taste of change, doesn't it? You see what this sister is? Let's keep going. Her husband is known in the gates. Why? Because he ain't at home fighting with you every day. <laughs> see, that's what God has it gives me a smaller church. Because <laughs> we'd say this in front of 10,000. It doesn't make us any difference because he said, say it. I wish we had 10,000 listening because this is the way of God. Amen. We could be a, a formidable force if we would walk this way. Amen. The devil couldn't do anything. He would be destroyed as we walk through as a country, as a nation of people, as a church, as a, whatever you want to what term you want to put, it would be unstoppable. Amen. Amen. If this was the testimony of our household, you'd cut off a whole lot of foolishness, wouldn't you? Be so funny, those little divas be trying to hit on your husband. Your husband, man, if you don't get your rag, (laughs) Abigail's at home, why am I dealing with you? Wives, those knuckleheads be coming at y'all. Hey, hey, on way, man. (laughs) I got a man at home that I'm going to, I'm taking care of business for the household. You go do something else. Go play with somebody else's children. (laughs) Man, this could be powerful. And the children, can you imagine what they would turn out to be? They would grow up being this. Your boys, your sons would grow up to be men. And they they, they wouldn't have a desire for a diva. They'll spend their time looking for who? Abigail. Abigail. And your daughters would be Abigail. They would grow up and say, you know, they ain't got time for that. So you wouldn't have to, Micah, you wouldn't have to worry about your daughter bringing home a knucklehead. Because she would have already weeded all of them out. So you know if, if, if somebody came to pick her up, it must be all right. Why? Because they learned from their parents. Hmm. He's known in the gates, y'all. Isn't that nice? Don't you, wanna, don't you want your husband known in the gates? Help us, Lord, help us. Hmm, hmm. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. Your clothing is strength and honor, because that's what you focused on. You didn't focus on, you know, what you look like, even though you look great. But you focused on the clothing of strength and honor. Everything you wear is honorable. You ever thought about that? Do you know when you walk out half-dressed and you got a husband, you're not honoring him? You thought about that? Why are you, if you're not selling, why are you advertising? Honor your household. Honor your God. Honor your husband. Don't be trying to tempt nobody. Brothers, too. I'm going to show like, you know. I won't. Why, isn't it enough that your wife thinks you are wonderful? Stop trying to get somebody else's approval. More marriages have problems because the spouses don't tell them every day that they're beautiful. So they long to find that somebody's going to tell it, and a devil will send somebody quick. Oh, you look good. You always look good. And they never heard that from their husband. Sisters, I threw a little more brother thing in there so y'all would relax a little bit. <laughs> Let's keep reading. He says, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She, verse 26, she openeth her mouth with what? And in her tongue is the what? Oh, Lord. Sisters, did you hear that? So what's coming out of your mouth? Wisdom? attitude. Let's see what else. He said, her tongue is the law of kindness or revenge. Whew. Ooh, this is tough. I thought you said you're all ready to fight. If you can't handle this, you can't go to war. This is just getting us in shape. Since it's already told the brothers stop being selfish, what else you want? This is what we need in the nation of God. The foundation in the house. We need this foundation in it. My husband crazy. You married him? So ask God to make you Abigail. Ask God to make you this Don't ask God to do nothing about him. Say, Lord, make me Proverbs 31. And I know because I have this confidence. God, that's your spirit. That spirit overwhelms any other spirit. I'll get the victory. I'm not worried about him. (laughs) nice. It's rough up here. Let's keep reading. Verse 27, she looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. She doesn't need cable television. Nobody does now. (laughs) She doesn't sit on her phone all day and play games, on her tablet, on her iPad, whatever you want to call it. Things to perform, things to do. This is the strength of a nation. The idle mind is a devil's workshop. You ever notice you get madder when you're more idle? You have problems when you're idle, because your mind starts floating off in directions that don't need to be floating off in. Then you start clicking the channels and, and looking at you know some YouTube video on how to keep your husband, how to keep your wife, and they bunch of lying folks but you're so idle and you got nothing to do. Your house is a mess. Your car got no gas in it. You don't have a job. I mean, all this is happening, but you, you, you ain't got nothing to do. Brothers, set the example. In your house, if you're unemployed, sometimes you get unemployed, don't you? Sometimes that happens. It happens. Amen? I was unemployed. I remember them beautiful days. <laughs> I was unemployed on a Wednesday. It was October 10th, 1990. Wednesday, around 10.30 a.m. I wore a brand new sage soup to work. I'm crazy, I remember stuff. <laughs> that uh, new owner came in, brought his own people. Hit the bricks, bro. I went home, my wife was at work. I went home, sat on the couch. We were living on Roxbury, and I sat on that couch. Man, what am I gonna do now? It wasn't 24 hours I was busy doing something. I said, okay, well, I don't have that job to go to. There's things I need to get taken care of. And so what do you do? You start working, you start taking care of, you know, I said, if I had time, I would go ahead and build this bookshelf. Go build the bookshelf. If I had time, I go. I'd mop the floors. Mop the floor. Don't be idle. Move. Sitting there, feeling sorry for yourself. Feeling sorry for yourself has never paid a bill. Be about doing something. Amen. Let's keep going. Her children rise up. And call her what? Because she set a wonderful example. Her husband also. And he does what? Oh. You mean that that can happen? Like it can happen. Your husband does it all the time. Not praising and worshiping, but honor, accepting and honoring and saying, thank you. You're doing a fantastic job. I couldn't do it without you. Wouldn't you love to hear that? Her husband does that because she deserves it. Abigail deserves it. Divas, well, I, I can't help you. Let the guy in the street praise you. Mm-hmm. Verse 29 Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excelleth them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that what? Yes. Fears the Lord, she shall be praised. That's what we need. Amen. So sisters, y'all all all right? Brothers, y'all all all right? All right, last but not least, turn to Daniel. We're going to get out of here. It's not about y'all, don't worry. It's about us this time. He said, I need you to be set on me. I need you to be so solid in what you decide to do for me that nothing will change your mind. Daniel chapter 3. He said, I need a discipline, an uncompromising attitude against evil. Can we get that? Uncompromising attitude against evil. However evil comes, however it comes, if evil comes in the form of a bowl of frosted flakes, (laughs) uncompromising attitude against evil. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, there's no evil in frosting Flakes. There's no little demons in there. But anything that's evil, don't compromise. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner. Why? We have an uncompromising attitude against evil. So however you want to bring, anything you want to bring, if it's evil, we already know where we stand. Amen? He said, if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not... (laughs) Our attitude is still strong against evil. Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. This brings us back to where the real war is. It's between gods. And God wants you to walk with him. And he wants you to not give in. Not give in to the temptations of evil. Not give in to the threats of evil. Not give in to the actual, they're going to kill me. Can you imagine being so tight with God that they can say, I'm gonna kill you and you say, bring it on? <laughs> you can say like these brothers said, we gonna be delivered from you. So if our God wants us to be killed, amen, and mean it. You know, it's good to see that on television or in movies. You see the tough guys, you know. Oh, I'll just stand here, and, you know, Braveheart. <laughs> You can't go to McDonald's and be brave-hearted. God told you don't eat that. Oh. Lord understand, because you're not set against evil yet. If somebody told you that their job was to kill you as fast as they could, they told you that, okay? And then you knew that, but yet you still deal with what they, they're dealing with. Here, here is death, and you have an opportunity to say no, and you don't? Whose fault is that? Is it the, is it the dope pusher? No. Oh, I'm sorry, dope pusher, that's an old term. Uh, Okay, how about the pharmaceutical companies? Is that better? Here, take this. Here's a commercial for this. You can breathe easier if you take this. Side effects, stop breathing. <laughs> they tell you that, that monosodium glutamate is a, gonna kill you if you keep taking it but it makes food taste good. Yet, you go get in line for a big burger of MSG. Think about it. I drive by places, my wife and I drive by places. We were out Thursday and at lunchtime, and you can't get down the street because there's people parked, I mean, in the street, trying to get through the drive-through at a certain establishment. I looked up all the ingredients, in their particular sandwiches. Oh, Lord, go eat your garden hose, it'd be better for you. And then on another street, on a Tuesday, I won't call the, the, the name, something they're giving away, I'll I give you a hint, buy a dozen, get a dozen free. And Tuesday is the, the, the special flavor. Line up a mile back. Yeah. They told you this is going to kill you, but you wait in line and spend your money on it. Yeah. Yeah. Where is your attitude against evil? Good, <sighs> mm-hmm. <sighs> do you see what this? You got to be a certain kind of soldier to do this. Oh, yeah. 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 But he, he can make you that soldier. And that's what we're all in here trying to be made that. None of us are there. But we know we can get there with him. If we're going to fight to win, we're going to have to fight with the ammunition and the weapons and the protection of a man of women of God. It will work. We will win. Period. And if he has us marching in the streets, it'll be all right. I don't mind marching, get some good shoes, but at least be in shape enough to walk, amen? We should be getting in shape, and not just physical. we got to be ready to stand in the face of evil and not blink, because the Most High is with us. That cloud that used to come over by day and walk before Israel Let's walk under that cloud. That cloud might take you to the kingdom of Og. Are you ready for that? It might take you in front of the Capitol. It might take you in front of police stations. It might take you in front of churches. And that's probably where we're going (laughs) because that's where your enemy is. Oh. Uh, (laughs) 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 Amen. All right, well, let's go ahead and close out. Uh, but know this, you can be a warrior for God. Yes. Yeah. Male and female soldiers for God. Yeah. And that's why we're going to win, because we're going to follow the instructions of our general, and we're going to be what he asks us to be. We're going to be well-ordered. We're going to be disciplined. We're going to say, yes, Lord, and stop saying, excuse me, Lord. We're going to be a people that are going to love the mercy of God. We're going to walk in the meekness of God, and we're going to walk in the power of God in our home in our churches, in our nation. Let's have a word of prayer.